Yeah, well, yeah, and I talked, I also talked to a lot of the younger ones, too, so, or the more recent alumni, yeah. I guess. Yeah, no, and I know a decent portion of them. I've, if you don't know, we used to all keep in better touch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know anybody because I'm, like, brand spanking new. Um, <laughs> and... I, I, I'm trying to get to know the alum a little better. Brandon Hudson's coming into town on Saturday, so. Um, that'll be fun, but. Yeah, I don't know. Was he last year on the team or something? Is that what? Um, uh, he was, yeah, last year, 2018 to 2020 is what he, he, he said. Um, got it. Okay. Yeah, no, I missed uh, after Dylan Savage and Mark Woodland got out, I didn't know nearly as many people because gotcha. those were the people I was on the team with. Right, and the, they were through 2017, so you probably know Buttons then, yeah? Oh, I know Buttons. <laughs> I was I was there when Buttons got his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> the cute as a button nickname? Uh, actually, it was Dylan Savage trying to be clever and come up with a nickname of buttons and switches there was somebody else who was supposed to be switches dylan was never great at nicknames <laughs> well i mean yeah so he got buttons um apparently alex fuhrman was topper um yep. and then dylan was barbie top, so over the top yep and topper gave barbie his nickname <laughs> so top top was much better at nicknames than barbie was he's a cool guy i've been talking to him a lot um yeah top Talk with my grad student. Yeah. So. I wish we had grad students. Um. Yeah, I can't believe that. So it sounds like, well, and that kind of happened. Dylan was a, a, one of the last grad students that this like team had. Yeah, I think so. Um, he was, I'm pretty certain of it. Because after that, all the funding got pulled. There used to be a lot more funding around. So I don't know if you've talked to Karen and Braven at all, or if she interacts with the team at all anymore. No, um, I, I haven't. I but, don't recognize the name. So, yeah, she uh, she used to be the director of Naya, and she'd always make sure there was funding funneled into the team. Oh wow! Um, to help have a grad student, so she was a big loss. Yeah. No joke. Yeah, I, I'm I'm operations yeah. manager this year, so I'm kind of in charge of the whole funding thing side of things. It's a little stressful, but it's okay. It, no, and the funding the funding got really weird um, after Karen left and stuff. And basically, that whole UI College of Engineering, whatever it is, the day the day that you all raise funds never used to be like that. Yeah. Giving day, or I can't remember what it's called. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Engineer like a vandal or something. No idea. Yeah, but. Um, I just had kind of a couple general questions, if you're okay with answering them. Um, yep. What company do you work for? I work for Petcar Incorporated. Okay. And then... So I actually work with, like, Mark Woodland and Peter Britanniak and Nick Harker. We all technically work for the same corporation. Right, right, yeah. That, yeah, I saw all that. I was like, oh, that's cool. So everybody works together still. <laughs> <laughs> sort of ish Nick, Nick's at a different location and Peter Mark and I will have all back, back two to three years so yeah yeah 
Um, uh, what, what position do you work for? Or, like, like, what exactly do you do in your job, I guess? Uh, so I am technically the electric power, powertrain validation engineer. So I deal with all the electric trucks, um, that we're testing at that car. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So are you an electrical engineer? No, I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, previous to this, I was a powertrain calibration engineer. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Now it's. So I've done engine calibration and powertrain calibration. And technically, this is more of a calibration integration role. They just decided to slam validation on top of my uh, title. Oh, okay. That's cool. I Almost all of the guys I've talked to so far, they're like, yeah, we work in engine calibration. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yep. I'm one of the only ones who kind of moved out of it. And you and I, for the longest time, along with, like, Kettering and a couple other of the universities basically had mainlined engine calibration. Um, you typically have to have a master's degree to mainline into engine and powertrain calibration, but with the SAE comps, especially clean snow, you could actually go straight into a calibration job. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm my project is going to be um, I'm going to try to finish the CVT test bench. Um, the what? The CVT test bench. Like, it was, like, okay. a, a separate um, apparatus that we can test the transmission on to get yep. maximum efficiency, basically. Um, okay. Yeah, so that'll be my job. So you guys were actually going to do, like, all the spring crusher and ramp changes and things? Well, I think so. Um, we'll see if my project uh, is interested, everybody else is interested in my project, because we have to get those voted out, so... Um, yeah, no, there was a period of time when I was on the team that we spent a lot of time um, working on clutch engagement and things like that, just reduce drag on the powertrain. Yeah, that's kind of where we're going, or at least that's what I'm going to try to do with my project, but it might get switched to a lab emissions or a sound project, um, because I think we're going to try to get our, our, one of our main goals is to be primarily lab emissions, because I think we got our sound down to, like, a legal level or something, which is, like, mm -hmm. a deal for a two-stroke. Um, yeah. No, and, like, realistically, we've been national park emissions um, previously, but it hasn't happened in a long time on a two-stroke. I haven't seen... I haven't seen any data where our sled has hit national park standards since I was on the team. Yeah, so, I don't know. We're trying to, <laughs> we're working with what we can right now. Yeah. Well, and I think you guys lost, with losing the grad school uh, student, basically what happened is you guys lost all the traditional calibration knowledge that the team had. Right. Um, Mark really tried to fill that gap, but it just wasn't his primary skill set, so it didn't work out wonderfully. Well, yeah, and that's, why, Mark we're, and Jason. that's why we're trying to talk to all of the guys that were calibration people, um, yep. to try to get that knowledge. Well, it, yeah, and, and realistically, Alex is a great place to start. Uh, Dylan did some calibration work on the side, but he, I would go to Alex first. Okay. I've done a lot of emissions calibration work on four strokes. It doesn't directly correlate to two strokes, but closer. And then there were some old guys who really helped us back in the day, um, like uh, Nick Harker, Finley, and a couple. Uh, Nick did some, but I'm talking about like the guys who worked at Evan Road and BRP. Oh, okay. Uh, Andrew Finley and stuff. 
Okay. And I think they're still there. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to Top. them. Yeah. Alex knows him better than I do, so. Okay, I'll text him and ask him for some contact info. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what years were you on the team for? Uh, I think I started at U of I in 2012, and I was there until 2015. Okay. 2015. And then what was your mo- proudest moment on the team? No proudest moment. Oof. Uh, I think it was when, it was kind of twofold. It was my senior, junior, senior year, we were working on electronic throttle body and active corduroy wave resonators. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were doing control stuff and we got those operating and functional on the sled. So major and, um, what was the other one? Electronic throttle body. Okay. body okay and then what was kind of your motivation to stay on the team or to start at in the team um well number one I just wanted to have fun when I started uh but realistically you know my motivation to stay on the team was that especially after going to competition I guess it's kind of twofold um so as an underclassman and before I went to comp, I wanted to stay on the team because, well, I didn't know much. Um, Alex and stuff would always make sure that people who were working hard could come and do all the testing, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that added to my skill set. So that was kind of the carrot that we would give underclassmen is like, if you work hard enough, we'll bring you along and start training you. You won't be responsible for it, but you'll be able to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and then later on, like after going to competition and everything, um, realistically, I saw how vast, like the depth of knowledge with the judges and stuff were there mm. um, and how good of an opportunity it is to like get up set, to get set up with a job knowing those people. Yeah, um, I still I still maintain those contacts. I, I still maintain contacts with all the judges and stuff. Like we, we talk every once in a while through LinkedIn and stuff. So I still got good relationship with people I met there in industry. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I recently had a supplier come to that car and they're doing our electric vehicle stuff. And I looked at like the people that are a couple years younger than me and I'm going to look at them and I went, were you in clean snow? And they're like, yes, yes, I was. I'm like, okay, I didn't make that up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, did you happen to hold any captain positions or leadership positions? You know, I didn't, but we only had captain and co-captain at that time. Yeah, okay, so... so. Captain positions. So, like, there wasn't any, like, shop people or secretaries or anything okay not really no i i mean realistically when dylan was captain and stuff we'd always try to do co-captains um because it would majorly end up being one person who was responsible um and then like when dylan was captain and then my senior year while dylan and i weren't captains we were kind of still the leads if that makes sense yeah so, like, you kind of led from the background? Yeah. Okay. I hate to say it, but yes. <laughs> no, I was never in a leadership position, but... Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. So, I'm leading from 
a smaller position, if that makes sense. Even though it's not small. Yeah. It's all the things that they don't want to do. So, um, then do you have any advice for the leadership specifically? Like, any ways that we can improve retention or just general, uh, like, motivation stuff, um, that kind of thing? I guess my question to you before answering that, what's your biggest problems right now on the team? Um, biggest problems are retention, um, kind of keeping people motivated to come to the classes and to the meetings, because a lot of people mm -hmm. just choose the Zoom option, or they just don't even interact with the team at all, like they don't show up to meetings, but then they'll show up to testing days. Um, okay. That kind of thing. Um... So with like the meetings, but they'll show up to testing days. Uh, we, I mean, we had a hard and fast rule more or less that if you didn't show up to meetings and work on the sled, you weren't allowed to come to testing days. Okay. Uh, that, that wasn't always, I mean, it was kind of a line in the sand we drew. If we really needed extra help at testing, we'd recruit extra people. Um, but if you weren't working on the sleds and you weren't involved, you weren't going to get to test, okay. um, which is the fun part, right? Right. Yeah. Um, as far as retention goes, I mean, that's always hard, right? From year to year, you're always going to lose people. Yeah. Um, but what I really do think is, you know, I mean, I would have some of the sled team projects integrated into my coursework. Okay. And by that, I mean, when I was doing like advanced CAD in my CATIA class, I was doing a whole surface model of the sled. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, there were certain ways that we would be able to use sled projects as class projects. My senior design project was a sled project, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a lot more like, I'm on the sled team. This is also accounting for some of my schoolwork. I'm looking forward to doing this next year. Right. Okay. So, like, kind of a double-dipper um, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a double dipper. And then, I mean, realistically, how we used to do it is when you're on the sled team, your life kind of revolved around that with your extracurricular. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was most people didn't have another job or anything outside of school. It was just sled team. Um, and there was a lot of just we I mean, do you guys get together and hang out at all? We've tried to. We had um, two barbecues this year, but. Uh -huh. Because of COVID, uh -huh. like, there were, there weren't, we couldn't invite very many people. Were they, uh, Barb host things like that? Yeah. And, like, you all don't have to be friends, um, but, I mean, realistically, that promoted to where it was a friendship, working relationship, where you all got along, you hung out together, you worked on the sled together, it was really easy just to talk to people when we went to go do things. Right. You know, I'd, I'd have Alex text me on a Saturday morning that after we'd hung out that night that we were about to go testing and I'd have 30 minutes of notice and we'd go out. Yeah. Yeah, like at 6 a.m. or something crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, well, pretty much as soon as we all woke up from the night before um, nice. and could walk. Nice. <laughs> Love that. So, yeah, no, I mean, we just, like I said, we kind of built it more on friendship, like, yeah, I had a really professional relationship with, like, Alex and Dylan and stuff to begin with, but that that's kind of how we made it last, is 
you know, we were all pretty decent friends. That's how all the SAE teams have always done. I, I know you guys don't have the uh, hybrid electric car mm-hmm. anymore, um, but we were really good friends with them, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Yeah, because we don't really have a ton of friends club-wise because, like, our club is pretty unique and there aren't very many people working in that shop anymore. Um, yeah, I so. I heard they uh, shoved the whole formula car chassis in the back of the shop and yeah, made it look pretty. Pretty much. Um, so. All right, two more questions, five pieces of advice, and skills that you use in workforce. <sighs> okay, uh, I don't know. I'll start with skills in workforce and kind of. Okay. Uh, so the one thing that I do know, um, especially from somebody who's starting to able to select people um for positions you know that i've at that point in my career that i'm helping with recommendations for hiring and things Mm -hmm. um typically i always look for some extracurricular i don't care if it's ieee sae or you know one of the extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. um i prefer sae okay uh because i believe it gives you a good fundamental engineering skill set okay um, and, and so do a lot of engineers. I'm not the only one. I've talked to people, you know, who I didn't go to school with but work with now. And you can almost particularly tell when they were an SAE kid. <laughs> nice. Like, no joke. Um, you can tell when they were an SAE kid because they all have some of these fundamental practices um, that they do. I mean, realistically, I can hold a conversation on, you know, technical writing to sound testing to vibration stuff to whatever because even though mm, I don't do that in my job role I've seen it before right which makes it easier for me to relate to other people within my role okay yeah so like the sort of general engineering skill set has kind of let you be able to talk about more things and to have like more of a greater uh, like a greater understanding of what other engineers are talking about. Like, no, I don't know in depth what the NVH guy is doing, but him and I can maintain a conversation because I know what NVH is. I know vibration. I know, you know, you start looking at FFT, you know what I mean? Stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's more of like an open an open, uh, there's a term for it and I can't remember what it is. Oh yeah. That's all good. But yes. No, I mean, it really, I mean, SA superbly provided me with a skill set to just be a general, rounded, well enough engineer. Yeah, there it is. That I can talk, well that rounded. I can talk to other, yep, that I can talk to other engineers, you know, in different interdisciplinaries. Like, and realistically, it gave me a really good testing background, especially clean snow. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, I've been a calibration engineer. Calibration, you have to have tests, you have to be able to interpret results. Yep. Yeah, that's what, uh, I think it was, like, Mark yesterday, he said, like, biggest piece of advice is to make sure that you understand how to translate data, <laughs> because data analysis yeah. is, like, the new world now, so. Yeah, and, and he's not wrong, um, but, like, I mean, really latch on to learning all those testing procedures and protocols, because even when I got into my engine calibration job, it was mainly emissions work. And while I'd only ever done the type of emissions work that was on the sled, so the five-mode emissions test, well, it's not the same as an automotive test. The fundamentals are always there. You know, the fundamentals with sound testing is always there. The fundamentals with vibration testing are there. 
Right. So um, we're using the same tools, just in different areas, pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a way more expansive task, don't get me wrong. But... Yeah, but, like, it's, generally speaking, it's the same kind of tool-ish. Exactly. And so you get used to looking at that data, and then when you get overwhelmed with, like, a huge data set, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're fine. Uh, I guess my other piece of advice, which really kind of taps onto that, um, learn your engineering fundamentals. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I'm always, learn your engineering fundamentals, be willing to learn, be willing to work. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm not an electrical engineer. I work in battery electric trucks, but I know enough about controls and electric vehicles from actually our hybrid guys, our formula team, mm-hmm. and doing the controls on the sled that I could pick it up quick enough right, right. to slot into my role. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. I mean... That I've heard there are a lot of guys that said, yeah, read more, because um, there's a lot of stuff on the shared drive and, like, book-wise. Yeah, read read the shared drive, read all the theses. Um, at least write one of the technical papers, at least work on the technical papers once for one year or two years. Okay. Um, I can't tell you how much my technical writing skills have saved me um, and have helped you're eventually going to have to write a report or technical paper. And I'll tell you what, I write better technical papers than people because I got mine graded at the SAE competition. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote most of my um, technical paper this year. And kind of cried because, yes, the paper was 20% copied from last year's. But that is also because we had no new information because we were given... A month to build an entire two-stroke model. <laughs> so nice. we didn't have enough data well, to talk about why. Yeah, don't, uh, I won't tell you about the year that we literally found out uh, 12 hours or 36 hours beforehand the paper was due and we hadn't really started it. Uh-oh. <laughs> right row. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, no, and then I guess other than that... Um, don't come and come into competition thinking you know everything. The judges won't fucking they won't respond to that at yeah. all. Um, just be humble with what you don't know. Yep. Ask questions on what you do know, or you know, don't you know? Ask questions. Yeah. No, no one will ever fault you for saying I don't know. Let me go find out, or I don't know. What's what yeah. do you think about this? Yeah. Like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like looking at other other sources to try to expand your knowledge because there's no downfall if you don't know something and go to look it up just to make sure it's right yeah and then i guess i've got i have to run my two o'clock meeting so i'm running out of time here um but my last thing is since you guys have no grad students yep um and so dan's still your advisor not for long but yes um who's why not he's trying to get trying to retire right now dan corden is trying to retire yes (laughs) ma'am oh my god dan you barely worked long enough to retire (laughs) byerline's retiring too steve byerline now that his time is due yeah yeah he's a good guy though but uh both of them are good yeah no i've always liked 
I've always liked Steve. I've always liked Dan. Dan, the biggest problem with Dan is he's not much of an authority figure. No, um, <laughs> not at all. And he knows it. So he's your best friend. Who's going to be your advisor? Yeah, seriously. Who's going to be your advisor when you guys lose Dan? Um, well, we're losing him as an advisor, I think, this coming year. Um, Garrett has the name. I can text it to you tonight because we're having a leadership meeting. Uh, Got it. But I don't know all the new profs, but I do have an idea of professors. Yeah, I think he... I don't remember exactly what he teaches. <laughs> I will let you know, though, tonight. <laughs> so... So I was just curious, because um, my biggest recommendation is since you guys have no grad students, mm -hmm. um, there are alumni like Alex and I, I'm, I'm speaking for Alex, but Alex, probably even Barbie, if you can get a hold of them, um, that would be willing to help yeah. give opinions yeah. and things and help guide. Yeah, that's kind of what we um, want to try to do over the summer. Okay. Okay, because especially if your new advisor comes in and knows nothing about engines or power frames, you're you're gonna need outside help because you're gonna need people to say no. That that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna need that um, for sure. But I will let you get going so that you have some time. Um, I really appreciate the talk. Hopefully, we can talk again soon.